welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Um, I will be your librarian host today, Say so Asset Public Library. You don't know if I mentioned that earlier. And I am here with um, an author um, and your latest book. It's actually, so this is the third book in this particular mystery series. This is Bleeding Heart Yard. Um, would you like to introduce yourself and tell yes. us about um, uh, the Harbinger Cower Mysteries? Yes, of course. So here it is. It's called Bleeding Heart Yard. I'm Ellie Griffiths. Um, and my book, Bleeding Heart Yard, is out tomorrow, tomorrow in the US. I don't know when this is going out, but it's out on the 15th of November. Um, and it is, it's the third book to feature um, Harbin Decor, but it's really because I'm very bad at standalone. So my first, I've written, I'm probably best known for writing quite a long series about an archaeologist called Dr. Ruth Galloway. And then about five, five years ago, I thought I'd write a standalone called Stranger Diaries. And the detective in that was Harbin Decor. And she said, came in I hadn't really I just knew I needed a detective and she came in and she said something like um oh well let's assume I'm in charge and I thought oh, okay yeah okay um and then uh people seemed to like her and I liked writing about her so she appeared again in postscript murders and in this book she kind of has her own mystery to solve because she's been promoted and she's moved to London it's the first book I've ever written set in London so this is Bleeding Heart Yard which is a real place in London it is. And so first of all, um, I, I loved her. I loved Harbinger. She was so interesting. She is um, she she was living. She was living with her parents still 38. Um, um, she's Sikh. Uh, she's a lesbian. Um, and, uh, you know, she's used to people not really like because, you know, a lot of um, I guess, <laughs> white people or people who don't know much about her or just in general, like they just have like this preconceived notion well you know like you can't drink you're, you're not going to drink and you can't be gay or you know like you're like look at you <laughs> and you know you're you're a Sikh woman and she's just like I mean I exist um and uh this is her first time really living on her own with roommates and kind of exploring parts of herself that um, she might not have felt as free to do in the past. And um, so, you know, so we assume now, oh, you're, you are in charge. And um, one of the cops uh, that she works with gets sort of wrapped up in a murder that happened at a high school reunion. I just like the pitch was pitch perfect. Pun intended. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad. Yeah, I do like books that that start at high school reunion myself. So yes, yeah, so when this book starts, it starts with with um one of Harbinder's detectives saying, "Is it possible to forget that you've committed a murder?" Those are the first lines in the book. And when she was at school, their group of students on the last day of term committed a murder. And uh, then years later, it's 21 years later, they have their school reunion and, and one of the group is found dead. Uh, and Harbinder comes in to, 
to um, investigate it. And it's a big high profile case because he's in the, in, the, in the fullness of time become a conservative MP and sort of quite importance of climate change denier MP. Um, and she gets to, to investigate this, this um, high profile murder. And so she's pretty glad that she's got somebody on her team who knows the school and knows the people. She doesn't know the secret, but doesn't know it yet. Um, and there's also a link to this, this kind of mysterious dining club, lunch club in Bleeding Heart Yard. They meet in Bleeding Heart Yard, which as I said, is a real place in London. And I met some of my old, I used to work in publishing, I used to work at Collins, and I always meet my old publishing friends every year. And one year we met in a London nice restaurant in Bleeding Heart Yard. And I thought, oh, I've got to use that in a book. And then I went to a school reunion. So I thought, I've got to bring those things together. So wait a second. So just for people who are not aware um, and are not on Wikipedia as we speak about this place, what is Bleeding Heart Yard? So it's uh, near London Bridge. Um, and it's it's really it's, in some ways it's slightly disappointing when you think of what what a great name it is because a little courtyard but it's a cobbled courtyard it's it's very sort of oldy worldy um, and there's sort of big sort of really factory old factory buildings around it um, there, and there's there's a nice pub and there's a restaurant there um, but it was mentioned it's mentioned in Dickens it's mentioned in Little Dorrit. Um, and there is a legend about the place that in the 1700s, um, a society beauty called Lady Elizabeth Hatton went to a ball, as you do, and met a handsome stranger, as you do, danced the night away with him. And then the next day she was found dead in, in Bleeding Heart Yard and her heart rather horribly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Her heart rather horribly was cut out of her body and was apparently still pumping. And that's where the place got its name. And of course, some um, some legends have it that, that it was the Spanish ambassador that she danced with and who killed her and it was kind of hushed up under diplomatic privilege sadly still quite a topical thing today um but of course other people say it was the devil himself who danced her away and then killed her so I thought that legend has to come into the book and it does come into the book but you know London is such an ancient city it's a Roman city and before then Tudor and there are these kind of layers you know Victorian Tudor Roman even below that sort of um prehistoric layers and uh, there are some great names in London, even places like where all the banks are called Threadneedle Street. And there's a, a shoulder of Mutton Lane and places like that. So I wanted to bring a few of those ancient names into it. Yeah, there really are. Um, I visited London before and that was like one of my favorite things about that. Every now and then you get that in the States. Like we actually have a Mount Misery Road near us. Oh, that's wonderful. Isn't that a great name? I mean, if Harbinger yes. wants to come hang out on Long Island and check out Mount Misery Road, there's yes. lots of, uh, there are lots of legends about it. But, you know, but there really is something, especially if you're from, you're not from that area and you're in this ancient city, as you explained, and you're looking at places and it's like, like bleeding heart yard and just all of these names that are like, almost like macabre. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yes. Um, but this is really cool. So like, one thing that hooked me immediately about just this group of friends, and I went to high school, not in London. And by the way, private schools and public schools are kind of switched, right? It's the British system is so ridiculous. So when we say public school, we mean the exact opposite. We mean a school that only only a few people can go to and you have to be very rich. Um, so our version of public school is a comprehensive school, which is where anyone can go, just happens to be the local area. So that, that's the sort of school I went to. And this is the school in the book is, is a comprehensive school, but it's in a quite um, a smart area of London. So and there are schools like that in London. So you get um 
people in the, in the local some states, you know, work very working class people, and you get like the children of pop stars and things like that. So it's a sometimes slightly uneasy mix, and that's the mix in this school. But the, and they went to high school in the nineties, which is when I went to high school. Oh, so great. Automatically, I got really, really excited. But it's a really interesting group of people. Um, you have so, like, as you mentioned, um, um, Garfield or Gary, as they call him. That is quite a name to be strapped with, by the way. Garfield. It is. Yes, I think somebody says, "Why do they all have ridiculous names?" So you would call yourself Gary, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, please. But uh, he is the conservative MP, and you find out he and Henry, who were, you know, both friends in this group. Um, every you know they say everybody was labor or more liberal back then uh but as we know gary kind of switched gears and henry went the way that he was going um so the two of them kind of have this opposition um you have chris with a c who changed his name to chris with a k when he became a singer um you know you have like um you have anna who's not really she was somebody who people like she was very attractive she was thought of very highly and i believe she had a relationship with chris but she's just kind of a regular person um you have and then you have cassie who is um the cop who works under harbinger and you find out as you said like this group committed a murder in the 90s and now one of them is getting it was murdered and mayhem ensues. So like when you were kind of weaving this group together, um, how did you kind of know where everybody was going to fit, what everybody's story was going to be? Well, it was a big challenge, actually, to put together a group like that. And of course, um, because it's not really, in, in a sense, it's not really a standalone because it's got Harbinder in, but it is and that these are new people. So that's fun as well, because when you write a long running series, you know, in, in a way, your readers know what to expect from the character. So it was quite fun to, to put a character like Cassie, say, who seems, I hope, very relatable, sort of a mum, working mum with two children, you know, supportive husband, all that, nice dog. Um, and she has this, this in her past. So it was quite fun to write about these people. And also fun to write about people. One of the things that struck me, so I did go to my old high school reunion and nobody was murdered and I didn't know any murderers. But it was interesting. Are you sure? Well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. You never know, really. But one of the things was that you, you wouldn't really guess where people are going to end up. Well, recently, blink and you missed it. But in the UK, we had a prime minister called Liz Truss, who was conservative, very right wing. Right. But at school, she'd been very left wing very left-wing and even at university and was very much for the abolition of the monarchy for example and you know I hate to say it but as soon as she met Queen Elizabeth she died you know so let's just let's just move on there but you know it's how people change I think if you'd been at school with Liz Truss you'd never have thought she'd be a conservative MP so it's how people change and how people perceive them so at my school reunion again I said no murders well maybe no murders. but I, I met this this guy who, who'd been in my um no friend. murders yet no murders yet <laughs> So this guy had been in my French class at school and he said, oh, yeah, he said, I remember you and your friend Angela and you, you sat next to each other. And he said, um, and you always used to leave your bag so I'd fall over it, and you laughed at me. And I thought, I, I don't remember that. And, I, and I'm still friends with Angela, actually. And I said, 
that didn't happen, did it? She said, no, of course, we'd never do that. You know, we weren't mean girls, but I think he thought we were. And actually, Angela was very good at French and I wasn't particularly, but I kind of sat next to her. So I was probably in the aura of being good at French. And he thought that. He thought that we were the clever ones who knew everything and we laughed at him. And of course, it wasn't true. And I hope I persuaded him of that. But I thought all these years, he's thought that. He's thought there were these two horrible girls in my French class and they just laughed at me. So... It's all that, it's people's perception of you and what you remember. And in the course of researching the book, I, I did quite a lot of research on memories. And um, there's been a big case study that says all that needs to happen for you to have a really acute memory of something is for somebody you trust to tell you that it happened. I mean, isn't that, that's really frightening, isn't it? And people did recall these very complicated things that happened to them that actually didn't happen. Just a bit of enough people say. Um, I don't know if you have siblings, but I have two older sisters. I have, so, I have a brother who's almost 10 years younger. So yeah. Oh, right. So I have two older siblings. So it's sort of quite a big age gap. Um, but we remember things so differently. And, you know, you can, in the end, become a bit convinced, can't you, that, that something did happen? Did it really happen? So all those things I, I, I found quite interesting to weave into it. Yeah, it was it was good. And I really loved just Harbinger's character development um, through, you know, the other um, cops in, you know, that she was working with and sort of through cassie and also with her roommates um you know really it's funny because i moved out when i was much younger than she was but you know as much as i, I love my parents um you know you do kind of get you, you do kind of miss out on certain development when you're still living under somebody else's roof and sometimes that's not possible to leave but it was really nice to sort of watch her come into her own in this particular work situation in London and also be a roommate and possibly something else I don't know yeah. not, no spoilers <laughs> I did want to write about that so my daughter had um was at university when I was writing it and um, had moved quite a long way away to university and, and was in a flat with, with four, four other, other girls, women, young women, I should say. And then lockdown happened and, and they were kind of locked down together. And actually they formed the most amazing bond and relationship. And it was wonderful, really. Could have been so terrible, couldn't it? They were locked down together and in um, their university, really, really, it's the other end of the country, sort of in Cornwall. So um, it, it was, you know, we were worried about it, but it actually worked out fine. But I wanted to do that flatmate life, as you said. I, I, I did it too, shared, shared with flatmates. And it's, you know, it can feel a bit lonely sometimes, but it also can be a lot of fun. And so Harbinder, as you said, sort of in your intro, you know, she is from a British Sikh family, very loving family. She loves her parents. She's gay. She's kind of out to them, but not really. So this is her time to, to, to get away from them, start another life and possibly find some romance. Again, I'm not going to do a spoiler, but I wanted her to be open to that in this book. And, you know, also being in London, which is a much more multicultural place than where she was from, sort of, she said that as soon as, first time she saw men, um, in, in turbans, she thought they were her family because, and I have a friend from the same sort of cultural background, from Punjabi Sikh background as, as Arbinda, and she said that, she said the soon, you know, when she went to London, she just thought men in, in turbans were her family, you know, so I wanted to bring all that in and to, um, and to give her a chance to, uh, to strike out a bit, and she's in charge of this, um, uh investigation and she faces kind of sexism and, and sort of you know covert racism and things but i also want hubbin to choose quite tough 
you know, she can she can take that really, and she uh, is very much in charge. So I really um, don't want to get too much more into just sort of the intricacies because I think that's kind of part of a mystery is that you need to sort of experience the relationships between the people and also about like the murder itself that happened that Cassie forgot about. Um, so, it, I mean, all I'm going to say is it was somebody who um, did something bad to, yes. yes. And um, what they, and Cassie remembers that he was murdered um, by her and her group they called themselves the group because why not <laughs> um, but it's it's a lot of um sort of piecing things together like a puzzle and thinking about memory in the way that you were just describing um and i i i think that when people read the story they're going to really sort of go on this ride and kind of second guess themselves as to what they think they know. Um, so I, I do, I do think Bleeding Heart Yard is a good one. Um, are you, you going to be writing another Harbinger story? I, th I think so. I think I think I might do. I I'd, I'd sort of thought maybe that this one, being the third one, you know, trilogy and all that, would sort of because. Um, it's kind of got her in a different place and, and she's in London. So I thought in a way it might be the last one, but I don't think I might write an, another one about her, maybe, and maybe bring in some of the characters who are in Postscript Murders, who you just see again, excuse me, right at the end of the book. Uh, they they sort of, uh, she, she goes home and talks to them. So I think maybe they might be in another book. So I don't think I'm quite ready to let her go yet. And I'm still obviously writing the, the Ruth series. So I've got a, a new Ruth book out uh, next year. So yeah, yeah, carrying on with all of them really. Might have a little pause, but we'll still carry on. Wonderful, I am so happy. Thank you so much for chatting with us. This was lovely. Um, oh, I loved it. And um, we do hope that our listeners will check out um, Bleeding Heart Yard. Do you, now do, when you wrote this, did you feel as if um, it could work as a standalone or do you, um, do you think that, um, you know, uh, this is something people could, could jump into? Um, should they start from the beginning? I think it was definitely meant to be a standalone. So you can definitely jump in and it's meant to be like that, really. So it doesn't matter if you haven't read the other books and they're not sort of a, a series in the way the Ruth books are a series. But but if you wanted to have the first book where Harbinder appears is The Stranger Diaries, which is a kind of mo a modern Gothic uh, novel um, uh, uh, sort of set in, in Sussex near where I live now and set in a school. Again, a school. What is it with schools? But a school that was once owned by a Victorian ghost story writer. So it's that sort of book. So um, if you wanted to meet Harbinder for the first time, it'd be in Stranger Diaries and then the postscript murder, she goes on a kind of road trip. But but absolutely, you can start afresh here at Bleeding Heart Yard, definitely. Thank you again. I think I said that earlier, but I'm going to say it again. Um, <laughs> check it out. And um, once again, this was Jessica with Syosset Libraries Turn the Page podcast. Our guest today was... Ellie Griffiths and thank you for having me it's been lovely and if I'm ever in the area I'll come and visit you because I love libraries used to work yes. and love them <laughs> you are welcome uh, and we are going to close this chapter of turn the page it's time to close this chapter of turn the page join us for the next episode